Here we go. Here we go. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, Mr. Nathaniel rowing his boat, Thurston. What you rowing over there, my friend? I'm just doing a little bit of hardcore dancing, you know? Oh, a little parkour? Just going through the crowd. A little parkour dancing there? We've been talking with the people in the live group for a while. And it's kind of quiet today. We've been telling them our personal stories about our weekend and what Mm. we did. We hope everyone had a fine weekend. It was an eventful one as far as news goes. A couple of things. Were there fine people on both sides this weekend? I there always are. Okay. I I believe there's fine people on every single side. Hey. Just I, kidding, some sides are not good. I believe in tolerance. Mhm. Mhm. Those that uh, you know, believe differently and my favorite thing to do is try to silence them. Charlie, what do we talk about here at <laughs> What do we talk about here at Good Morning Liberty? You What'd almost you didn't catch that. No, I didn't. <laughs> we talk about life, liberty and the pursuit of mother truck and mean meaning. Mhm. Every single day of the week when we want to. That's the key part there. When we want to. So if you want to hang out with us live, go to joingml.com. Joingml.com so you can hang out with the live group. Even get yourself one of those real libertarian tags. I'm not going to tell you how you get it. You'll figure it out when you go to get in the group. But you better do it if you want to be a real libertarian. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with inflation, uh, from what I hear, now is the time. Now is the time to become a real libertarian. Okay. uh, uh, A new bit of news came out before, right before... We started to record, and we were not able to put it in the show notes like we do with most stuff and have it all nice and curated and edited, and we cut out the parts that go against whatever ideas we want to place in your guys' heads, and we just find ways to manipulate you as good as we can. Yeah. No, that's not what we do. We just cut out fluff. A lot of fluff in articles these days. The warning is that this just came out. We didn't have time to go through it, but we got a new Twitter files, and this one involves... COVID and the vaccine, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who is a, uh, on the board of directors for Pfizer, also used to be the head of the FDA. Funny how that works. Weird. Where you're running the FDA, only had to run it for a couple of years, gets himself a position on the board for Pfizer. I wonder if he, if he even had to submit a resume or anything. <sighs> no, no. Yeah. They already had that. They already had that taken care <laughs> His of. His CV just says there's a cover letter. And it just says FDA. Yes. That was it. (laughs) All right. This comes from Alex Berenson, who was removed from Twitter for a while, ended up suing Twitter because the, uh, and actually Twitter let him back on before Elon Musk took over because he won his lawsuit. And in the lawsuit, they found that the White House directly asked for Alex Berenson to be removed from Twitter. So that information came out pre-Twitter files and he was brought back in. But anyway. And so now he gets to... Release. I guess so. Uh, this is different from your normal Twitter files because it's not in thread form. This is going to his Substack, And so it says, from the Twitter files, Pfizer board member Scott Gottlieb secretly pressed Twitter to hide posts challenging his company's massively profitable COVID jabs. Now, this is worded talking about Pfizer board member Scott Gottlieb, which is true. He was a board member on Pfizer. It's also important to know that he was the guy running the FDA for a couple Mm -hmm. of years, which will come into play here later. 
So, so on August 27, 2021, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, a Pfizer director with over 550,000 Twitter followers, saw a tweet he didn't like. A tweet that might hurt sales of Pfizer's mRNA vaccines. Side note, I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't like this as much as the previous Twitter files because he's injecting, um, I don't know, uh, he's, he's trying to throw some motive behind things. He's not just reporting on what was said. He, he is. He's putting a little spin on it. A little bit of his own spin. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's wrong. Maybe from anger. Yeah, I'm not, perhaps. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying it's not as, it doesn't sound as unbiased yeah. as the previous ones. The tweet explained correctly that natural immunity after COVID infection was superior to vaccine protection. It called on the White House to, quote, follow the science and exempt people with natural immunity from upcoming vaccine mandates. It came, it came not from an anti-vaxxer like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., but from Dr. Brett, how would you say that? Geroy, 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 I don't know. Geroy? Geroy, possibly. A physician who had briefly followed Gottlieb as the head of the Food and Drug Administration. This is not some crazy, whack-job conspiracy theorist. Not saying that about the other people, too, but that's the point he's making. Further, the tweet actually encouraged people who did not have natural immunity to get vaccinated. No matter, by suggesting some people not need, might not need COVID vaccinations, the tweet could raise questions about the shots. Besides, being former FDA commissioner, a CNBC contributor, and a prominent voice on COVID public policy, Gottlieb was a senior board member at Pfizer, which depended on mRNA jabs for almost half of its $81 billion in sales in 2021. Woo! Love that money. Mm. Ow! Pfizer paid Gottlieb $365,000 for his work that year as a board member. <laughs> I always forget about the little ow. <laughs> Gottlieb stepped in, emailing Todd O'Boyle, a top lobbyist in Twitter's Washington office, who was also Twitter's point of contact with the White House. He said the post was uh, corrosive. He worried it would end up going viral and driving news coverage. You wouldn't want that. Mm-mm. You do want stuff going viral. There's a screenshot of the email. The actual tweet itself, which he will show here in a second, uh, we can just say, it's now clear COVID-19 natural immunity is superior to vaccine immunity by a lot. There's no science justification for vax proof if a person had prior infection. CDC director and POTUS must follow the science. If no previous infection, get vaccinated. And that was using those studies out of Israel that we talked quite a bit about. Which then turned out to be... More true than he even thought it was (laughs) Yeah, at that point in time. He wasn't always, he wasn't only right. He was extremely right. Yes. About this. Is that a fact check meter? Extremely right? Extremely correct. Oh, correct. Because you don't want to say right. You don't want to say right. He's far right (laughs) on the fact check. He's far more right Mm -hmm. than you could imagine. I found the email in a search of records. I ran at Twitter last week. So he's working on Twitter files. He's letting us know, and by the way, you should subscribe to his Substack. That's what he's saying. Uh, through Jira or Jira? Jira. It's Jira. Jira, an internal system Twitter used for managing complaints. O'Boyle forwarded Gottlieb's email to, to the Twitter strategic response team. That group was responsible for handling concerns from the company's most important employees and users. Quote. Jira's used for, like, software development. Okay. And, yeah, tracking so you, tickets. You've seen and, it before. Yeah, you're about to see it, by the way. Okay, great. Because we're doing a... For adoptive for good. our ticketing system. Good, good. <laughs> Quote, That please, you're going to manage. Here's, the, here's the important part. 
quote, please see this report from the former FDA commissioner. Wow. O'Boyle wrote, failing to mention that Gottlieb was a Pfizer board member with a financial interest in pushing mRNA shots. Clearly was pushing, putting out there, this is the former head of the FDA. You need to pay attention to this. A strategic response analyst quickly found the tweet did not violate any of the company's misinformation rules. Yet Twitter wound up flagging Garor's tweet anyway, putting a misleading tag on it and preventing almost anyone from seeing it. It remains tagged even though several large studies have confirmed the truth of the words. Mm. So yeah, there's the uh, tweet. I guess still up there, but it is misleading. Is it still tagged like that? Come on, Elon. What's up with that? A week later, Gottlieb tried to strike again, complaining to O'Boyle about a tweet from Justin Hart. Hart is a lockdown and COVID vaccine skeptic with more than 100,000 Twitter followers. Hart said, quote, sticks and stones may break my bones, but a viral pathogen with a child mortality rate of less than 0% has cost our children nearly three years of schooling. <laughs> it's a good tweet. Which is a great tweet. Yeah. yeah. Why Gottlieb objected to Hart's words is not clear, but the Pfizer shot would soon be approved for children 5 to 11, representing another massive market for Pfizer. If parents could be convinced COVID was a real threat to their, uh, let me see. Oh, massive market for Pfizer. If parents could be convinced COVID was a real threat to their kids. O'Boyle referred to, once again, former FDA commissioner Gottlieb when he forwarded the report, again, ignoring Gottlieb's current work for Pfizer. This time, though, the complaint was so far afield that Twitter refused to act. He also goes through how Gottlieb starts uh, working to suppress him, Berenson, who eventually did get totally removed and sued Twitter and was able to come back. I said, Gottlieb did not deny pressing Twitter on me. He could not, given the documents I released the night before. But in an interview with Joe Kernan of C CNBC, Gottlieb said he had asked Twitter to act only because he was concerned if tweets raised the threat of violence against vaccine advocates. So it's, it's dangerous. Like actual threats of violence against people who want people to take vaccines. Mm. And there's that... Physical threats being made for people's safety. How about that? I don't know what else we need to go through here. Let's see. Gottlieb is not just a Pfizer board member. He is one of seven members of the board's executive committee and the head of its regulatory and compliance committee, which oversees compliance with laws, regulations, and internal procedures applicable to pharmaceutical sales and marketing activities. And he's just allowed to, just allowed to uh, get... People silenced on Twitter. It's helpful uh, being a for Pfizer to have board members that used to run the FDA, I bet. That doesn't suck. That's probably not why they chose him. It's probably because of how good of a doctor he is, I'm guessing. Yeah. Not the fact that he was running the FDA. No. No, could, couldn't be. And I bet he has probably a public servant salary still because it's for the good of the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. All right, that's that's pretty much all on that. More as this story develops. But Charlie, that was not the biggest story over the weekend. And then we got the thing in, of course, Brazil that happened. Uh, we got the uh, McCarthy going one and fourteen, but beating out everyone else to make it to he, the. Uh, he won the Super Bowl. He made it. How about that? Yeah. Did it uh, take fourteen or fifteen rounds? Well, it's fifteen. I said he went one and fourteen. Okay. Yeah, fifteen rounds. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one with a winning record. 15th oh, times the charm. Absolutely terrible field of contestants out there. <laughs> no, but the biggest news 
was that uh, George Santos put a white power symbol out there when he was. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make fun of this right quick. Yeah. Charlie, it's from the New York Post. Perfect. The New York Post. They broke the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're on both sides. I guess they're reporting evenly, right? Mm-hmm. Will you will you tell people a little bit of what's inside this article? Just All I right. wanted to make fun of it right quick. As if George Santos hadn't been dealing with enough scrutiny, the congressman-elect appeared to flash a white power symbol in the House chambers Thursday. The Long Island liar unfolded his arms to reveal his left hand making a sideways okay gesture, a symbol co-opted by white supremacists while casting his 10th vote for Rep. Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker. Santos made the gesture in the very room where nearly exactly two years earlier, a swarm of Trump supporters, many white supremacists, stormed inside. Harvard Law School's cyber law clinic instructor, Alejandro Carabello. They have a a cyber law. This is Harvard's cyber law clinic instructor Mm -hmm. chiming in Mm -hmm. on the OK gesture. Alejandro Carabello took to Twitter to point out his use of the symbol. The guy who lied about everything turns out to be a white supremacist who flashed a white power hand gesture on the House floor, she wrote. Is he white? Well, um, no would be the proper answer to that. I believe Hmm. both of his parents uh, were born in Brazil, allegedly. Yeah. We honestly have no clue. I don't even think that's actually him. And his last name is Santos, which appears to be. And I do love the fact that this is the one thing he's telling the truth about, you know. Like Santos doesn't seem to be Anglo-Saxon. It's not the whitest name I've ever <laughs> no. heard. Mm-mm. No. Okay. And yeah, so he, yeah. This is the one thing, like you said, this is the one thing he's not lying about. He's <laughs> clearly making a symbol. White supremacists began using the OK hand gesture in 2017, but the gesture was officially added to the Anti-Defamation League's database of symbols used by hate groups in 2019. The three fingers in a circle made by the pointer and thumb represent WNP, respectively, for white power. You can't just say OK. Mm-mm. Yeah. Just, hey, how you doing? I'm OK, man. Well, what I saw through comments here was that it matters what the what the context is, because, of course, people posted plenty of photos of, say, Barack Obama, given an OK, or Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden mm-hmm. or anyone on the left that you could possibly think of. And they're like, yeah, but it's the context, as if this is the context in which it's clearly a white power hand gesture. Also, what do you do for the other 14 votes? I just think he was putting something really small in his coat pocket. Probably. That's what it looks like mm-hmm. to me. Just a little bit. I think so. The last line here is pretty funny. Because of its past meaning, many caught using the gesture rely on plausible deniability to escape condemnation for its usage. Because of its past meaning. Mm. Back when it used to mean okay. Yeah, four years ago. That's what people (laughs) rely on when they get caught using it. I guess five years ago now. This is clearly a dumb bleep submission. I just... Just wanted to mention it. Well, it was the biggest news of the weekend. Big news. I mean, even Jamal Bowman said uh, last night on the House floor, George Santos gave a white supremacist signal. We've all been laughing at Santos for lying his way to Congress. This time it ain't funny. He and every other white supremacist in Congress need to be expelled immediately. I it, love how he was sworn in still. <laughs> well, I, the guy won. Like I said, I mean, we're not saying he didn't win the election. 
And he's a liar, sure, but when you when you live in a glass house, <laughs> those people in there know yeah. not to go throwing stones of liars. And it's easier to get broken into, like on Jan 6. For sure. So Now, I think we need to... Inst- we can talk about the Brazil thing, Chuck, if you want to, or we can move on to the McCarthy and some of the good changes that could come from this if you want to do that first. Okay. Before Brazil. And you can you can read that one too. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so down here from Reason, I'm talking about finally approved this House Speaker. All right. F- uh, fight on the floor. Are you going to play uh, that video? <laughs> Are you going to play that video? So as Charlie alluded to, I guess in the pre-show, there was, in fact, a bit of a fight on the floor. And uh, the bad lip-reading version is really good. I just don't think it would go go over all that well. So we are playing this right now. They, You see McCarthy go up. He's mad at Matt Gates, And you see someone in the needing to get restrained really weirdly. Like, they covered the guy's mouth. His hands, like I don't know what he was saying. Yeah, he must have been but saying something. Someone actually came up and covered the dude's mouth. Uh, they've since made up. Everyone's happy with one another uh, after this happened. Let's go up just a little bit. Let's find when this happens. I wish they would pan the camera. <laughs> Grabs him by the mouth. There is a better shot of it, but that that's a good one right there. So anyway, that's the. Uh, that's the craziest thing that happened in democracy over the weekend mm-hmm. was that right it, there. It's hanging by a thread. I, this is a, this is our country in crisis. Yep. From what I can tell. Have you guys ever seen like British parliament? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Even this when, is nothing. Like uh, when, uh, when Gates was given a speech about McCarthy, I don't know, last week when we were still going through this, someone was interrupting him a little bit and they like stopped the person. You know, you can't, I don't know how they say it, but. Basically, you can't attack someone's character or mm. personality uh, while they're speaking. Yeah. And I really wanted to have a British Parliament-style thing at that point. Because of the sarcasm. Man, it'd be great. They're so great. All right. After 15 rounds of voting last week, McCarthy finally secured enough support on Saturday to take the House's top leadership role. Ultimately, McCarthy wound up with 216 votes in his favor with New York Democratic rep. Hakeem Jeffries getting 212 votes and six lawmakers, all Republicans, voting present. Present. Some of the process changes and the new rules seem to be undoubtedly good. For instance, the rules would require a three-fifths vote for any federal income tax rate increases and say lawmakers must have at least 72 hours to look over a bill before it's voted upon. Now, that seems decent, although the tax increases are already part of the law. Yeah. Just so you know, if they do nothing, taxes are going up. That's the bill that, that Trump signed. They're built in. Mm-hmm. It's already built in. In addition, House Republicans plan to make it much more difficult to win earmarks. They also intended to make it much easier to cut spending and to force offsets in spending elsewhere to compensate for increases. A plan certain to encounter resistance from Democrats. And they want to couple any increase in the federal debt limit with corresponding federal spending cuts. What everyone's worried about right now, the panic, the crisis that we're running through is the fact that um, there's going to be a government shutdown looming because there's going to be disagreements on this. You see, this is why I was talking beforehand. Charlie's playing poker right now while we're talking. And I mean, how? what's the hand at least? Tell me how you're going to play it. Oh, well, you, you really want to yeah, know? No, tell me how you're going to play Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, the problem is, is that I wasn't expecting to go so deep 
<laughs> in this tournament. I thought I had plenty of time. You're in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Well, that's that's, that's fine. the problem. Is I wasn't expecting that. So even when he's here, he's not here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Well, good luck to you. What yeah. do you win if you win this? Uh, if I win the the tournament, um, if I win this tournament, it would be a couple thousand dollars. Now, is we- in fake I, money. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was about to clarify. Yeah. This is all fake money. It's all fake. This is just a game. Yeah. You get on the app store. For notes. And you, you get, just win like points uh, for future. You get stars so you can play more hands with no ads. You get several uh, reserve notes. They're fa- it's paper. Okay. <laughs> you get, okay. So you just get paid fiat money then. Yeah. It's, okay. Well, it's like fiat. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's all. All right. It's also listed in the proposed rules package as one of seven bills that would be required to be brought up for a vote. Those include... Now... I feel like McCarthy can walk these back at any time, right? I, I mean, believe he can. It doesn't. He agreed to do this, but it's not like written in stone. It's not like a contract. What we have to look into is how easy they made it to uh, basically remove him. And I did see some posts about that, although I did not go into all the what the process would actually be to remove him as speaker. They tried to basically throw in the threat of removing him as speaker if he doesn't follow through on uh, some of these agreements. Yeah. And I also want to say none of this matters. No. Because it's going to die in the Senate. It doesn't matter what they do. For the next two years, everything dies in the Senate. It's only slightly, what what we hope is slightly negotiated down increases in spending and taxes and the growth of government and all of that. We just hope that there's a, a little bit of negotiation to hold it down, I'm not saying reverse. I'm saying down from what it potentially would have gone to. It's still going to be increases. It's just. I mean, perhaps there's a stalemate. We'll see. Which we'll would see. be amazing. Let's shut the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. All right. The bill, uh, HR 23, to rescind certain balances made available to the Internal Revenue Service. So the the money allocated for the IRS for those 87,000 agents. Alleged 87,000 agents Alleged. that don't exist. We don't, yeah, we don't know. Mm-hmm. The bill, H.R. 29, to authorize, authorize the Secretary of Homeland Security to suspend the enti- entry of aliens and for other purposes. The bill, H.R. 22, <laughs> to prohibit the Secretary of Energy uh, from rescinding, I'm sorry, Secretary of Energy from sending petroleum products from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China and for other purposes. The bill, H.R. 27, to amend the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act to direct district attorney and prosecutor offices to support, uh, to report to the attorney general and for other purposes. Why was that in the Omnibus? I don't don't know. Uh, H.R. 28, to require the National Instant Criminal Background Check System to notify U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the relevant state and local law enforcement agencies whenever the information available to the system indicates that a person illegally or unlawfully um, in the United States may be attempting to receive a firearm. So they want to use the criminal background check system for purchasing firearms that they supposedly don't agree with uh, in the first place, or some of them don't. But now we want, what we want to do is we want to extend this out to ICE to notify ICE, whether or not a, an illegal is trying to get a firearm because mm-hmm. they don't have a right to self-defense. 
They don't. Not actually humans. They don't at all. <laughs> all right. The bill HR7 to prohibit taxpayer funded abortions and the bill HR26 to amend Title 1870 United States Code to prohibit a healthcare practitioner from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in the case of a child who survives an abortion or attempted abortion. So they're going for the abortion stuff, going for some immigration for sure, and maybe a little bit of better fiscal policy. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And, then, and and like I said, most of that's really not going to matter. To me, the good part that we see is this new committee that's going to look at the weaponization of the federal government. That's the most important part that I've seen uh, that we're, they're calling it a revival. It's a church revival committee. It's a revival of the old church committee, which we'll talk about here in a bit. This tweet is pretty funny. This comes from Representative Dan Bishop. It says, with the rules agreement we negotiated, we will have a powerful church-style committee to go after the weaponization of the federal government, the FBI, DOJ, DHS, and all the rest. This is a victory for the constitutional rights of all Americans. I'm ready to get to work. That sounds great. That's pretty decent. And from what I hear, it sounds like Jim Jordan's going to be running this. It does sound like Thomas Massey is going to be on the committee. That should be fun. I like it. David Jolly, Florida, not so jolly, Florida, says, with all the focus on the House rules being given away to the Freedom Caucus, this development below, where Dan Bishop was talking about the new committee, this development below may be the most consequential, a new House committee to attack and shred the federal government undermining confidence for millions of Americans in our self-governance. We would never want to check the federal government. No. We would undermine the confidence. What does it mean to have self-governance? You're saying that for us, okay, let me get this right. For us to keep self-governance intact, you cannot allow the representatives of the people to investigate things that the government is doing potentially to harm the people and their liberties. No, you can't. If you do that, that is undermining self-governance itself. I mean, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of themselves. Of the government. Of the government, yeah. <laughs> That's it. They don't, need, they don't need any consent or oversight or investigation into themselves. Why would they? They're doing a great job. And millions of people determine or are are dependent on them for their self-governance and you don't want to undermine their authority or or, or confidence. Here's what's pretty cool. This idea, they say, is in part inspired by the information revealed by Elon Musk in the Twitter files. Now, imagine having that type of effect on a government that you buy a company and you get to release this information and now this whole thing goes down, and now they're going to start a new committee to investigate what the intelligence community is doing, uh, all because you were pretty good at business and what's made sad, a lot of money. What's sad is there's only 20 people in Congress willing to do it. Yeah. The it's, other, you know, 500 are like, nah, eh, whatever. So this has been compared to the church committee of the 1970s in which Senator Frank Church, a Democrat from Idaho, investigated the executive branch intelligence abuse. House Judiciary Committee, ranking Democrat uh, Nadler 
Jerry Nadler Nadler said he did not see this new subcommittee as comparable to churches. Nadler said that the new subcommittee, this new one we're working on now, is fueled by conspiracy theories and slated to be run by the most extreme members of the MAGA caucus. While the church committee was a serious and bipartisan attempt to reform the conduct of the intelligence community based on hard and verifiable evidence. So this isn't like the church committee because this is just a bunch of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Intelligence committee hasn't been involved in Tweeted, anything. I mean, the FBI told us in their own tweet <laughs> that it was based, that there was a conspiracy and it's sad that people would believe these conspiracies. Now in looking up some we don't infor- have copies of actual emails in, in looking up information for this, I found a clip of Frank Church, Senator Frank Church on Meet the Press in 1975 after they got done with some of their investigating. And it's a good video. Looks to be August 17th, 1975. In there. Yeah, I see that. 75, 08, 17. So on August take 17th, one. first take. First take. You know, that's a redo. This ain't fake. <laughs> fake news has actually happened. You know it came from NBC News because they got their water, watermark there in the background. Mm. So listen to what Senator Church had to say about the intelligence community. This is two minutes long, but I promise you it was, it's well worth it. And the FBI have used the emergency provisions both in law and by emergency agency, the Federal Preparedness Agency it's called now, to have contingency plans which threaten the liberty of American citizens. Mr. Rowan, in due course, the committee will pass judgment on those questions. I'm not going to pre-guess the committee or prematurely attempt to pass judgment on this program. But let me tell you this. In the need to develop a capacity to know what potential enemies are doing, the United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. Now, that is necessary and important to the United States as we look abroad at enemies or potential enemies. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide if this government ever became a tyranny the technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny. And there would be no way to fight back because the most careful effort to combine together in resistance to the government, no matter how privately it was done, is within the reach of the government to know. Such is the capability of this technology. Now, why is this investigation important? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to see this country ever go across the bridge. I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America. And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over that abyss. There, that's the abyss from which there is no return. Would you say we've crossed that bridge? I think we, I, I think we could say that. It's, it's potential. What I, Would you say the arrest of the people in Minnesota <laughs> would be because we crossed that bridge? 
Yes. I would say that. they would have known otherwise. <laughs> not that I agree with it. I'm not saying I agree with it. It would have never happened if we hadn't already crossed that bridge. Those people were never going to do anything if they wouldn't have been pushed to do it by mm. the FBI. Sure, they wanted to, just like maybe other people that you and I know or talk to silently in the mirror. <laughs> I don't know anyone. No. Yeah. Me either. You might want to, uh, but they would have they would have never done it. So yeah, that happened for here's what's crazy. This guy is a Democrat. You know there there's not a river long enough that doesn't contain a bend. I know. I know they all do. This guy's a Democrat, and here's what he pointed out that this intelligence community that their technology was so advanced and so dangerous to the liberties of Americans that if people... In 1975, mm -hmm. by the way. But here's the danger. From a Democrat, if the people ever wanted to group together against the government, the government would know that they were going to do it and they would be able to stop them from doing that. And that's what was... That's the danger that he pointed out. It sounds like... I don't know anything else about the guy. At all. It's a pretty principled position coming from someone in the government. A Democrat, which I know Democrat used to mean something else, I guess. A Democrat back then is more like a MAGA member now. Yes. <laughs> you know, MAGA, <laughs> MAGA caucus member now. Yeah. So what's, what's funny to me well, is... Well, the it, liberals mm -hmm. used to care about privacy. Mm -hmm. They did. Yeah. Liberty. Liberal, especially liberal, especially because, you know, the Vietnam War, there was so much pushback against the protest that they wanted people to have the capability to meet together, to peacefully protest, to assemble. They really cared about the entire First Amendment. And now they're the ones leading the charge on silencing. You look at what was done to Martin Luther King at that time, the spine trying to get him to commit suicide and threatening to release things that they had dug up on him. That's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy for sure. It's not. That's pretty much, that's pretty well, yeah. seems pretty well confirmed. Uh, yeah, things have changed quite a bit. And because they have all this power, uh, have they made it to where the U.S. government can become a total tyranny and there's nothing that we can do about it? I think the answer is probably, probably Yes. Probably, yes. Should the folks on this committee have security, I think? Yes. <laughs> yes, I for sure. Uh, so Jim Jordan, I guess, is going to be running this thing. I'm excited to see what they find. I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of time taken up by this. They don't have to release their report until after the next election. Mm. January 2nd which will probably spur some type of a riot after they put all the information out on <laughs> on Jan 6. On Jan 6 when they are confirming the uh, <sighs> electors for the president in 2024. Can the darkest day in American <laughs> history get any darker? It can't. Well, you know, now we're even inspiring other countries to have their own Jan 6 events. We are. I mean they're a little bit behind. I thought it was maybe a time difference or something like that. They're actually a few hours ahead of us here, but I did check. They had their just to uh, see their Jan ten event. They had their Jan eighth event. Jan eight, sorry. Yeah, it looked like. Oh wait, sorry. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> that's America. Hang on. That's actually America. All right. Um, look, do you want to talk about this right yeah. quick? All right. 
Brazil cracks down post-riot and vows to protect democracy. <laughs> what do you think that means, even? Of course. You, what do you think they mean by it? Brazil, known for its democracy. <laughs> you want to play the video first? Well, I just wanted to have a little bit of this playing, but I couldn't tell. When I first saw it, I thought maybe a soccer game got let out. <laughs> <laughs> or they're going to a soccer game. <laughs> yeah, it's a, so yeah, it's a cool stadium, yeah. bro. Seems like a great stadium. No, there's a lot of stuff going on. I, I can't say that I... I hope no one was killed in the process. I haven't seen a single fire extinguisher around here. There's so that's flags, good. but I don't really see the flag poles. Mm. Oh, that's like a big metal pole right there. Oh, that glass is dangerous. Mm. That's dangerous glass, though. Did anyone die? Anyone know in this thing? In this insurrection, this Trump-inspired insurrection? Is this like government offices? I don't know which one this is. Yeah, they did all of them. Presidential Palace, Supreme Court, their Senate... And they were all empty somehow. It was Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were busy. Oh, fire extinguisher. Got one. Lock them up. All right. Yes, Brazilian authorities armed. vowed Monday to protect democracy and punish thousands of supporters of ex-president Jair Bolsonaro. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. No. No, but go ahead. Bolsonaro? That was pretty good. Yeah. Who stormed and trashed the nation's highest seats of power in chaos with striking similarities to the Jan 6... <laughs> insurrection at the u.s capitol the protesters swarmed into congress the supreme court and presidential palace on sunday many have said they want the brazilian army to restore the far right bolsonaro to power and oust the newly inaugurated leftist louise Inacio just call him lula lula da silva police broke down a pro other guy encampment just say trump <laughs> they broke down a pro-Trump encampment outside a military building Monday and detained some 1,200 people there, the Justice Ministry's press office told the Associated Press. It's just Lula and Bolsonaro. That's all we got in there. Bolsonaro, okay. Yep. Lula and the heads of the Supreme Court, Senate, and Lower House also signed a letter Monday denouncing acts of terrorism and vandalism and saying they were taking legal measures. Quote, they will not succeed. This was said in Portuguese, but translated to English for us. <laughs> They will not succeed in destroying Brazilian democracy. We need to say that fully with all firmness and conviction. Rioters donning the green and yellow of the national flag on Sunday broke windows, toppled furniture, hurled computers and printers to the ground. A little office space. They overturned the U-shaped table at which Supreme Court justices convene, ripped a door off of one of the justices' office, and vandalized an iconic statue outside the court. The monumental building's interiors were left in states of ruin. They didn't defecate on any desks. <laughs> Did, wait, how many podiums were taken, though? I don't know. Mm. Police were noticeably slow to react, even after the arrival of more than 100 buses, leading many to ponder whether authorities had ever simply either simply ignored numerous warnings, underestimated the protesters' strength, or been somehow complicit. After his October 30th electoral defeat, Bolsonaro, who has gone to Florida has been stoking belief among his hardcore supporters that his that the electronic voting system was prone to fraud. Oh, come on. His lawmaker's son, Eduardo, Eduardo Bolsonaro, held several meetings with former U.S. President Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump's longtime ally, Steve Bannon, and his senior campaign advisor, Jason Miller. Results from Brazil's election, the closest in over three decades, were quickly recognized by politicians across the spectrum including some 
Bolsonaro allies as well as dozens of governments. Bolsonaro surprisingly nearly uh, surprised nearly everyone by promptly fading from view. He neither conceded defeat nor emph- emphatically cried fraud, though he and his party submitted a request to nullify millions of votes that was swiftly dismissed. It is important to note that Bolsonaro actually has been doing less, way less than, say, what Trump did after our election in 2020. Uh, he didn't concede, but he basically just he just left. He said, hey, this is kind of messed up here. They got those electronic voting machines. I don't trust it. I think we should throw some stuff out. And then he got out of town. But I've seen a lot of movies, and typically after an election down south, if you lose, you want to try and get out of town really quick. You know, I, I think that's what he was doing. It was well, smart. Which is odd because considering how safe this democracy well, it's is. Fair, safe and fair, yeah. No. Brazilians have used electronic voting since 1996 that security experts consider less secure than hand-marked paper ballots because they leave no audible, auditable paper trail. You can't audit them. Still, Bolsonaro's supporters refused to accept the results. They blocked roads and have remained camped outside military buildings, urging the armed forces to intervene. Dino, the justice minister, referred to the encampments as incubators of terrorism. Protests were overwhelmingly peaceful, so they were mostly peaceful. That's even better than mostly, I think. Overwhelmingly peaceful. But isolated threats, including a bomb found on a fuel truck headed to Brasilia's airport, prompted security concerns. It's probably left by the same person that left the pipe bombs out around the uh, Capitol on January 6th. Yeah. Because that happened. Not a Fed, though. Mm -mm. Two days before Lula's Jan 1 inauguration, Bolsonaro flew to the U.S. and took up temporary residence in Orlando. God, I wish it was (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. That would have been been great. All right. Here's a quote. Who's this quote from? Uh, This comes from, uh, let's see. A university professor. A university professor, political science professor at the University of Brasilia. Bolsonarism mimics the same strategies as Trumpism. Our January 8th, an unprecedented manifestation in Brazilian politics, is clearly copied from Jan 6 in the Capitol. Today's sad episodes represent yet another attempt to destabilize democracy and demonstrate that the authoritarian populist radicalism of Brazil's extreme right remains active under the command of former President Bolsonaro, the Trump of Latin America. It's, it's, look, I'm not saying that I condone storming Capitol buildings. I, you know, honestly, I, I think in an election you should be better than the other person. It's like when people complain about refs at a game, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, did they make a bad call? Yes. But shouldn't the game be like 45 to seven? Like you should be ahead so much that who cares about that bad call? It's you know? like, did, uh, did Dobbs fumble that pass? Was he hit? Was his hand empty when it went forward in the Titans game? Or was he still in control and it was actually an incomplete pass? Which one do you think? That ended up being a really big deal in the game. A lot of Titans fan, fans think that that was an incomplete pass. And a lot of Jaguars fans think that that was a, a fumble mm-hmm. scooped up by and the I'm Jags. saying it doesn't matter. Mm-mm, you you should have been, been up. so far ahead. Exactly. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> you could have fumbled the ball on purpose. And it wouldn't matter. So here's a... Here's the thing, Charlie. But, but the, well, the reason why I laugh at this, though, I was just let me finish my point mm-hmm. there. The reason I laugh at this is because 
the buzzwords that they use is this, like this is a threat to democracy as if Brazil is some beacon mm-hmm. of hope and democracy that there isn't the most insane corruption in South America. Well, used to be, but uh, you know, I guess Venezuela is kind of taking that. From what I read now. on Wikipedia, Lula basically transformed Brazil from this terrible, terrible, corrupt, poverty-stricken awfulness to basically the best thing that ever happened in South America. It's going to be another social... And then when he left, he was president. Sorry, he was uh, he's already president of Brazil for two terms. Then he went to prison for a little bit because of some fraud, allegedly, is what happened. There was some money laundering he got in trouble for. There was some vote buying that he got in trouble for. Mm. And so he left. He goes to prison. He ends up getting let out. Uh, that ends up getting wiped away. I'm not saying he was guilty of all that stuff. I have no clue. That's a very important thing for everyone to say, BT Dub. I have no clue. It's hard enough to figure out what the hell's going on in the U.S. Yeah. Okay? We don't know whether and or not— you don't speak Portuguese. Mm-mm. Now, I could talk to uh, Lacey's family, who when they went to see her extended family, they went to Brazil. So I might end up getting some information this weekend. Get the local deets. In fact, the I think I'm going to make some phone calls, going to record some stuff. And try to figure out what's going on. Mm. Try to figure out whether or not they've I've got fascist family members. <laughs> Extended family members. The ones who hate democracy. No, but what's important for everyone to know is that G, we don't even know if our election was stolen. So what I want to do is not take an official position on whether or not this election was stolen. Because, good Lord, we have no clue. None of us have any clue. At all. We have to remain on the side of it's totally possible. I completely understand why people would think it could have been stolen. Heck, this guy already went to prison for fraud. He's he's ushering in this uh, utopia, this socialist utopia. Wouldn't be the first time you ever saw anyone do that fraudulently. Is it possible? Sure. I don't have any proof. I don't know if these people have proof. I don't even know if these people actually did it. For all, I'm more on the side of the CIA did this, and I'm more sure about that. Or that Lula did this with other people's help because of the talking points and the propaganda that we're seeing from people in our government. Because when this happens, you got to look at who stands the gain from this. It's not Bolsonaro. Just like with Trump saying the gain from Jan 6. I'm not saying the CIA did or the FBI did Jan 6. I'm not saying that. You wouldn't say something like that. But what's going to be great for Brazil. You don't even know Ray. <laughs> I don't know him. I heard he just got back from Brazil, though, if you want to talk to him. <laughs> Zone vacation. <laughs> he went on vacation, man. Yeah. So you got to look at who stands the game from this. And I don't think it's Bolsonaro. I think it's the Brazil's government that's about to get a lot of new powers that we've seen our government use to uh, stop the violent insurrectionists and anti-democracy people. Not that they already don't have all that, but they're going to be able to use this. This is arguably worse than Jan 6. I don't know. Not sure. Seemed like a lot more people. A lot of people. But I don't know if anyone died months later or anything like that. Well, and it, it, it also, the other people who stand to gain are the ones who are like, well, you better fall in line. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and it helps the American media. It even helps the American government. Listen to what Senator Bob Mendez says here. Two years since Jan 6 and Trump's legacy continues to poison our hemisphere. So U.S. Senator Bob Mendez, who chairs the Senate's Foreign Relations Committee, tweeted, adding that he blamed Bolsonaro for inciting the acts. Just like Trump, he incited it. Mm-hmm. Protecting democracy and holding malign actors to account is essential. This is all part of the plan. So holding malign actors to account is essential. It is essential for a tyranny. He's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know that a a democratic tyranny is still tyranny. It is. Here's the thing. What Bolsonaro has said, I haven't found, as I said earlier, I haven't even found him saying things that were as bad as what Trump said. As far as this election goes, he didn't concede, but he also didn't go out there saying quite as much that it was stolen. It was rigged. It seems to be more the people taking off with this idea. He did say that he thought that there were fraudulent votes. He didn't trust the electronic voting system, but I could show you. Didn't trust Luna. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lula. Or Lula. I could show you a lot of clips of a lot of people in the U.S. saying that they don't trust electronic voting systems. Circa 2014. 2012, stuff like that. Now, they're all going to be Democrats that are saying that. 2016. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, saying that you don't trust the electronic voting systems is inciting the erection. Insurrection. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that counts. I don't think a lot of people that are in office in the United States want that to count. That's hard evidence. (laughs) You know? We got hard evidence (laughs) that he incited this erection. Yeah. We are children. Oh. We got other stuff here. This is what bothers me about it. And you got, I don't know who this guy is. He had a The insurrection in Brazil can be directly tied to Trump and the Republicans emboldening of fascism and violent extremism. Any Republican member who condemns this but refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election is a hypocrite. I condemn this brazen attack on democracy. I wonder if that person accepts the results of the 2016 election. Not sure. Probably not. This is all because of Trump. Because they're, I don't know if you know this, but before January 6th of 2021, no one had ever protested and entered a government building before. In the history of democracies and governments. No one, back in the day, no one had even entered another cave. No. You know? No. That's authoritarian. Yeah. Why would you do that? (laughs) You know? It all starts with Trump, and it ends with Trump. To me, this is really narcissistic. You know, what I've learned from talking to people from other countries or while they're in other countries, and I've asked them before, what do you think of America? And they're like, nothing. I'm busy dealing with my own shit right now. I'm not thinking of America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not thinking about America, but as Americans or people in our government, they think that everyone else's lives revolve around what's happening in daily news cycles in the U.S. When actually it's it's really not. It really isn't. But for, they think that it revolves around our problems for most people. Oh, I will sure. I will say that America probably dominates the news worldwide. Oh, yeah. But for most everyday people, when you talk to them, they don't they haven't. They know a few things, you know, a few really famous things. But for the most part, 
They have no idea. They have their own problems. But I'm just asking, you're telling me that Trump's extremely successful effort to overthrow the U.S. government and retake power for like four hours when this happened, that that's what inspired this, that they were like, you know what that Trump guy did? That worked really well for him. We Let's should do the same steal thing. Steal that playbook. Yeah. yeah. We should do the exact same thing. Because <coughs> it seems it to work. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It just don't make no you sense. You think if they were wanting to actually do it, they would have a better plan. I, they've had time to come up with it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It Can, all stinks to high heaven to me. It's the, 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 I just don't like the, the drama of it all. Yeah. To act as if like, it's the worst thing humanity's ever seen. And again, I'm not condoning it. Especially like not specifically, specifically. Condoning. Yes. Now, do I condone insurrections? Depends on where the blood level is on the Liberty tree. Depends on what they're insurrectioning for. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on, you know, the tree of Liberty and the blood of tyrants. Depends on the, that scale. The scale, yeah. There's <laughs> that's your there's F a around matrix. To find out. There's <laughs> tree of liberty, blood of tyrant scale. scale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, depending on that, you know, but at the same time, the whole the whole dramatization of it, as if it's the worst thing that's ever happened in all of humanity. Like, you guys remember, we dropped. Atomic bombs on Japan. <laughs> That's a lot. You know? That's bad. It killed over 100,000 people in yeah. instantly. You're going to remind me of that, Charlie. Yeah. Okay, I lost it's not good, as bad as Jan 6. I lost a lot of good extended family out there, okay? Yeah. You probably did. <laughs> not as bad as Jan 6 and not as bad as Jan 8 now. Two days which will live in infamy for both the northern and southern hemispheres. What a dark day. A dark day for democracy. It's a dark time for democracy. You know? Nate's over here drawing our... I'm working on the logo right now. Sorry. The Liberty the liberty Blood of Tyrants Matrix. I'm working on it. It's got to go... Uh, You'll see it. Yeah, we'll see it. Sometime. You'll see it on the merch store. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode... um, Costco, yes. Potentially. What's up? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. Oh, okay. You'll have to see it. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe. Share it with somebody in Brazil. We actually do have some Brazil listeners, so email nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Let them know what you think about what happened in Brazil. And um, also, go to godhatesfeds.com. Nate's working on new merch designs as we speak. This has to go down the, because you're going negative. What I see is as the Tree of Liberty meter get, is coming down... The blood of tyrants goes up. Needs to be going up. So I just worked on it a little bit like this. Yeah. Like Tree of Liberty, blood of tyrants. I think it's got a. Hold on, let me show everyone. It might need to go the other way. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We can't focus anyway, on it right now. We'll see. Godhatesfeds.com. Godhatesfeds.com. Maybe that'll be a new shirt or a new coffee mug or something. Go look it up. And join gmail.com, be part of the live group, interact with us, hang out with, hang out with us post-show, pre-show. And if you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. <laughs> Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. It's really guys selling cotton candy out there. <laughs>